It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. You need to see a dog make a play. No puppies. I need a dog to make a play. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And we kick off our number two with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on the phone lines. John, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Hopefully you enjoyed President's Day. I uh, want to ask you about Aaron Rodgers off top. What do you think of this whole situation that's going on with him? Uh, putting out some cryptic tweets or Instagrams or whatever he did yesterday just to come out today and say nothing to talk about? Well, I have said all along, Q, and I certainly believe this, that it's all about money. It's always about money. And if you remember, this all started um, This all started when his agent didn't get an extension last year, early in the offseason. And then Adam Schefter reported he's going to retire and set off a huge controversy that just raged out of control till camp again. So I think that he has one year left, and I believe that um, uh, that uh, I'm sorry, I didn't get much calls there. <laughs> uh, I think this is all about money. He's got a what 48 million salary and cap yet. And uh, I think that he'll be back with an extension. There you go. You think that uh, Devontae Adams will be back in Green Bay with him as well? Oh, absolutely. Now, they've got a lot of slicing and dicing to do when it comes to the salary cap. They're like, what, $44 million over? Right. That's not the worst in the league. But you can redo contracts. You can cut players. There's a lot of things. You can push everything forward. That's what the Buccaneers have done for Brady. And uh, and I think that that's the same thing they'll do there. I think fans of Green Bay would be very understanding if in three or four years they, like the Saints, the Saints did this and now the Saints are in big-time trouble. I think fans would understand. They're trying to win a Super Bowl with a great quarterback destined for the Hall of Fame. Talk right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, John, now that it's the offseason, what is what is the biggest storylines? Is it still the quarterbacks and, and the carousel for you, or is there something else that you're looking and paying attention to? It's always, always the quarterbacks <laughs> that make up most of the attention. Here, Deshaun Watson, they're back in court yesterday on a hearing to try to get his depositions pushed back till April, after April 1st, which would hurt trading him before the draft. But all of his 22 accusers have not been deposed. So what's happened here, the judge ruled that the accusers who have been deposed and who have not filed criminal charges, he can be asked about them in a deposition. And they're hoping to finish his depositions, which were supposed to start Thursday. And the opposing attorney, Tony Busby, has a maximum of 42 hours that Watson can be deposed under oath, and he said he will use every minute. Talking right now with John McClain here on Unnecessary Roughness. John, another big storyline that happened over the weekend. Brian Flores was hired by the Steelers. He's a defensive, a senior defensive assistant and a linebacking coach, which obviously he's well, uh, you know, he's well qualified and then some for that position. But what did you think of the hiring in general? I got to tell you, <laughs> I was stunned that he got hired. I mean, you think about this. How many, how many companies, and I've used this example, 
if I was suing the Hearst Corporation, which owns the Houston Chronicle, Chronicle would not me. If I was suing Odyssey, which owns my radio station here, the Texas flagship, they're not going to hire me. So it's good that the Steelers did it. The Steelers have the Rooney World named after Dan Rooney, the son of the founder, Art Rooney, Sr. And so it's good for, for Brian Flores. Now, he's on Real Sports with Brian Dumble tonight. That'll be on HBO for a week with multiple uh, uh, viewings in which he talks about how he got the job. It was quick. He called Tomlin for some advice, and he hired him a day later. And maybe that'll help him get a head coaching job in the NFL again. And one of the things that came out of that, and I read the transcript, is he says, his attorney, and he said that they have evidence that that, uh, Stephen Ross, the owner, wanted him to tank games. And if that's the case, Q, and they got evidence, that means they've either got text or emails or, or, or recordings. That could lead to Stephen Ross being forced to sell. Wow, that's that's going to be. I mean, that's going to be something. So I'm interested to see uh, how this storyline continues to evolve and and unravel. And sticking with Brian Flores real quick on the field, as far as just coaching, because he's again overqualified for the position. How much do you think this is a benefit to the Steelers as far as just having a great coach on their staff? Well, it is because uh, obviously they had an opening, and or maybe they created one that he'll be a great resource for. Mike Tomlin, he was a really good linebackers coach in New England. He was never a coordinator, but he got to call the defenses, and then he got hurt by the Dolphins, and the rest is history, including this most recent uh, uh, history. Yeah, John, Lovey Smith, he recently came out and he said that, you know, why can't the Texans be the Bengals next year, <laughs> you know, by making that leap from four wins to the Super Bowl? Does he have that much faith in Davis Mills, or are the Texans cooking up something that we don't know about? Well, would you have thought this time last year when the Bengals won four games that that they would, if, if Zach Taylor had said that this time last year, when everybody had laughed at him? Of course they would have. <laughs> I mean, when the Rams won in 99, they were 4 and 12 the year before. Now, it's not going to happen to the Texans, of course. They've got Davis Mills there, he's their quarterback. And uh, But they got a lot of holes on both sides of the ball. Unlike Cincinnati, they hadn't been stockpiling first-round draft choices because Bill O'Brien traded away the last two number ones and last year's number two. So they're not in a position like the Bengals were. And they also weren't in a position to get the top pick in the draft to get a uh, franchise quarterback like Joe Burrow. Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Raider Nation Radio 920. John, the scouting combine is right around the corner. And, of course, there was the big controversy kind of over the weekend about bubbling up the players. And then all of a sudden that unraveled real quick, fast, and hurry. They changed their mind on that. Uh, what are your thoughts on the upcoming scouting combine? Who do you think is going to benefit the most? Well, first of all, uh, there were reports that they were boycotting the combine. No, they were not. They were boycotting working out. They were still going to have their physicals and their interviews. A lot of scouts and coaches and general managers like the 15-minute interviews more than watch them work out in shorts and T-shirts, the underwear Olympics. I never understood when you have access to a player's tape. Say, Q, you played quarterback, and I got access to every play you ever played. I got access to your practice tape, and I watch it over and over and over. When you're being rushed, when your receivers are being covered, when you're in a two-minute drill, 
when you're bringing your team from behind, when you are hopelessly behind, and how you still play. Why do I need to see a guy throwing a ball in shorts and T-shirts with no coverage, no rush, with strange receivers? And yet there will be people ooing and eyeing over this, which is preposterous. <laughs> if there were no combines, pro days, or private workouts, could teams do a worse job of scouting than they do now if they just had tape to look at? Yeah, John, but something about just seeing a defensive lineman have a 35-inch vertical just says he's going to be able to get some sacks on the quarterback. Hall of Famer. I, I, exactly. I don't know what it is, but that's why they get paid the big bucks. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they jump straight up 35 inches when they're rushing the quarterback. <laughs> and when they do the long jump on two feet, I've never seen a defensive lineman take off with, uh, on both feet and try to get over uh, between pass protectors. All right, John. No, what I was going to ask you. Speaking saw- of that, excuse me, Demond. <laughs> when's the last time you saw an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman run forty yards? It's a good point. I can't, I can't think scouts, of it. <laughs> they like they measure coming off the ball where they are in the ten, where they are at ten in the speed, ten ten yards. That they never even run that much unless they're running trying to chase down an interception or a fumble recovery. Right. All right, John, I want to keep you fired up because I saw <laughs> that you were retweeting a lot about the Jawan Howard slap situation at the end of the handshake line against the game against Wisconsin. What are your thoughts on that, and do you think the five-game suspension was just? Well, first of all, there's talk about ending the post-game handshakes. Congratulations. That's preposterous. Give me a break. I think he's paying penalty of five games. That's enough. I'm not saying his overreaction. I kind of thought the Wisconsin coach would have gotten a one-game suspension Mm -hmm. because of his role in it. And I'm waiting to see, once they look at the tape, the players be suspended. Now, they don't want to mess him up when it comes to the tournament. He'll be back. I'm guessing Jawan Howard, wasn't he coach of the year last year, that he's probably pretty embarrassed about this and his lack of self-control. And when he tells players, "Turn, turn the other cheek like he did not, He'll say, do as I say, not as I did. Right, exactly. No, I, I couldn't believe – well, I guess I could believe that it happened, but just watching it, I thought, oh, no. But I'm, I'm with you. I thought the Wisconsin coach should have got at least one game suspension as well. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. They're going to go ahead and move forward with it, and uh, hopefully they'll be able to put it behind themselves. Uh, John, before we let you go, i got to take you back to the scouting combine real quick. Uh, what what – is, what goes on the most? I mean, is this? I mean, I know you told me before that there's more negotiations or, or conversations between teams when it's not necessarily even legal, but it's going on there at the combine. Well, that's because you have agents there. Agents have have uh, an annual meeting in different parts of the country, and most of them come, especially Eastern and Central time zones and the Mountain time zones, come to the combine for agents meetings, and they're meeting with general managers. And they're meeting about their free agents, and it's illegal to be talking about your potential free agents. And I'm sure they never do it. I'm sure when you go to certain hotels and you see an agent and a GM negotiating, and you have two of his clients whose contracts are about to expire on March the 16th, there's no way they're going to be talking 
about those con- those clients. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's good. That's what that's what the uh, the combine is really about is getting some of those negati- uh, negotiations going, and then the legal tampering period opens up, and then free agency opens up. Well, John, I, I know it's uh, it's that time of year. I uh, wanted to ask you your final question. Uh, I know you put out a bunch of mock drafts on on, uh, on Houston Chronicle and Texas Sports Nation. Uh, I know you kind of mix them up throughout the weeks. When do you get them started, and how many do you put out? Well, I'm guessing that we're going to start after the combine, which I like, because the last couple of years we started like after the national championship game, Oof. and I got worn out trying <laughs> to have different teams take different players. I should have gone back. I must have done like uh, 15 and see if I actually got any right beyond the four or five I got in my last one, which is my official one. Nice. I like it. I like it. Well, uh, Texas Sports Nation is where you can find all your work. What do you have coming out that we should be on the lookout for in the next few days? Uh, we've got combine stories, we've got Texas stories, we've got podcasts, uh, a lot of NFL, a lot of, of a lot about the Major League Baseball lockout, which makes me sick. But that's a whole different story. Right. Thank you, Demond, thank you guys very much. As always. Appreciate you, John. Great stuff as always. Good stuff. And yeah, I'm with him with when it comes to baseball and the stupid lockout. Um I could go on and on and on about those guys. Uh they just can't get out of their own way. They're gonna need another damn um controversy or gonna need some kind of scandal to get themselves back into the, the headlines on the on the right side of things, get everyone fired up about baseball again. It makes me sick. It's one of my favorite games. You know, and, baseball is really like can this sport afford to take a year off? No, 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 they can't. I mean, like, no, just actual no. fanship and no, viewers. It's, yeah, it's just, it gets so old. It's like they can't just agree. And I, we knew this last year. Matter of fact, I, I talked to John so many times about it last year. I was still in Central Texas. When they were going through, you know, the COVID protocols and how they were going to do this and do that, and they couldn't agree on this. And he kept saying, just wait till they actually have a labor lockout. Then what's going to happen? They're, if they can't agree on this, they're never going to be able to agree on that. And, well, here we are. And it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. It's such a great sport. And I know baseball is not for everybody, but baseball is for me. And it's one of the great pastimes of our of, of our country is baseball. And these guys can't figure out how to get out of their own way. I'm talking the players, talking about the players union, talking about the owners, talking about all that stuff. They just can't figure it out. And it drives me nuts. 315 is the time when we come back. Cover three NFL news and notes of the day. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. As I look up at the TV screen here in the studio, headline, Major League Baseball and Union tweak offers. Sides remain far apart in mid-lockout. Opening day scheduled for March 31st. Good timing right there. Shout out to L. Duncan. She'll be on the show at some point. It's my homie. I don't know. What does tweak offers mean? That just means that they're trying to negotiate. They're trying to, okay, well, you don't want this, then we'll give you that. Just kind of like what we were talking about with the trade for Devontae Adams, how we would tweak the offer. Okay, you want us to give up a first-round pick and Trayvon Merrick for Devontae Adams? Nah, how about this and that and the other? And right now, Trayvon Merrick's driving around town like, damn, man, they already selling me off. It's only been one year. Exactly. <laughs> I thought I had a good year. Right. I thought I did pretty well. <laughs> but I'll tell you, in, in this game, in, in the NFL, man, you're, you're trying to win at all costs. And you realize that you can look up and down the roster and say, 
who's who's tradable, who's untouchable, and who's not. And for the Raiders, there's not a whole lot of untouchables. There's really not. I mean, the list is very short. I, I do believe. Matter of fact, we don't have any more guests the rest of the show, so Raider Nation, feel free to chime in as well. I know we got Cover 3 coming up in a quick second. I know we got Raider X on hold, but think about this. Who would be the untouchables? I mean, I could think of one, maybe two off the top of my head. Ooh, your two. My, Mad, Mad Max Crosby would be one. And I would say that Hunter Renfro is number two, but he's a slot he's receiver. So he's not untouchable. Right, exactly. But he's just damn good. But outside of that, who else would you say is untouchable? I like Nate Hobbs a lot, but he's only shown a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like it's not a guy that you see as, oh, man, that's a – that's a Jalen Ramsey. And hell, you saw that Jalen Ramsey was touchable in, in Jacksonville because of his contract. Yeah, they were getting rid of all the good players, though. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying because the, the, the contract situation. So there's not a whole lot of untouchables in general across the league. So it's not like this is just one of those things where it's like exclusive to the Raiders. I'm talking in general across the league. You can go through and, and go through every team and say, yeah, they got uh, untouchable here or untouchable there, but not that many. I mean, really, look at the Rams. They were made up of all these different stars that came from all over the place. Those were all at one point people thought those are untouchables. No one thought the OBJ would ever leave New York, right? He got traded. Had a Super Bowl MVP, Von Miller, just, right. just help out a little bit. Right. Von Miller was there. I mean, Aaron Donald, I could look at him as an untouchable. But he's got to be. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's Aaron Donald. And again, you, once in a while, you get one of those generational guys. Hell, I think Aaron Winner Raider Nation thought Khalil Mack was untouchable. Obviously, we were wrong about that. <laughs> I thought he was untouchable, but he wasn't. So. That's why, you know, sometimes you look at certain players and you like them and you think that they contribute to the team, but you realize, hey, you can get more value. You can get an even better player if you were to move on from that player. Now, again, not trying to sell off the farm and say that these guys aren't worthy of a roster spot, but just the reality of what the NFL is. Let's go before we hit the cover three. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line and talk to our guy, Raider X. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, brother, no one's untouchable if they're willing to give you more. Hey, so uh, getting back to that trade, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Uh, so getting back to that trade, I have no problem giving them a number one and, and merit. But okay. now let's talk some business. So let's talk some business. So you know what? Take Cleve Farrell and let's also take Littleton, and we'll, and we'll call it a deal. <laughs> I heard that. Go on and take that <laughs> with you at the same time, right? Hey, hey, you know, because, you know, we still got to sign Adams. Right. And that ain't going to come cheap. So no. you know what? Hey, take take mine. And I'll take yours because he doesn't want to be there. Because if Aaron Rodgers leaves, right? He don't want to be there either. So you got to deal with a disgruntled player that really don't want to be there, and you got to sign him. Unless you're going to lock him up in a friendly deal, right? And let's 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 take him that way. But hey, you help me out, I'll help you out. So we give you that first. We we'll give you that American, and take two of my contracts. We'll give you Clee and and Littleton. Hey, they're serviceable players. They just ain't for us. Right? No, I got you. I got you. And and you're not wrong about that. Littleton played well in L.A. Just hasn't hasn't served his purpose with the Raiders. And so I, I can totally understand that. And Clee, uh, as much as we could like him, and I liked him coming out of the draft. I don't think I liked him at number four, but I mean I liked him. Uh, you know, it just hasn't worked out that well with the Raiders either. Even though uh, Patrick Graham is a different defensive coordinator, just I kind of think that uh, it, it's time for a change of scenery for uh, one Cleve Farrell. Let's take one more call, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll get to cover three NFL news and notes of the day. ABA Ivan Davis, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's happening, Q? How's it going, my man? Oh, uh, bless. How you doing? Uh, hanging in there best I can. Um, actually, the two untouchables. Are you in Demont? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> I thought that one time early in my career. I thought that was the truth, <laughs> and I found out real quick that wasn't. 
Okay, no, seriously, uh, it's going to sound a little weird, but uh, the team falls apart if Derek Carr leaves the team. I mean, I mean, everybody who you said is probably high priority, but without a quarterback, okay, because we don't have anybody, it's not that he's untouchable because he's good. It's untouchable because there's just not that many people out there that you can replace him with other than a couple of Hall of Famers, not that Derek Carr's a Hall of Famer, but right. still, uh, there's a problem with quarterbacks out there. Also, uh, I heard your uh, review of me on, on on your show, and I just want to challenge you on that two first-round picks. You said that they're desperate, unless their team is desperate, that you couldn't get two first-rounders for you. I can name about three or four teams that are desperate, that really need a quarterback. Okay, go for I it. I guarantee you. Go for it. Okay, uh, okay the, uh, let's start at the bottom. Okay. Okay. Uh, for, well, Washington football team. Okay, Washington football team. Go ahead. Okay, that's one. Uh, the Jacksonville. The only reason I say Jacksonville is because uh, he's just not ready. He's going to get there, but he's not ready. Although I don't see that as a that good an option. Um, Chicago Bears. They really need a quarterback. Okay, I'll address okay, okay. I'll address them afterwards. Go ahead. What's the last one? Uh, the last one. Oh, man, you got to give me a minute on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you. Thank you for the call, dog. I do appreciate you. Good stuff. And, and and for anyone who doesn't know what he's talking about, he called my podcast and said that that he thinks Derek Carr would get two first-round picks in return for him, right? And that was something that was floated out there last year, that Derek Carr could get two first-round picks. And maybe he's right. Maybe he could. I just don't see it. I, I just don't. But that's just me. You know what I mean? That, that's just me. That's just my, uh, that's just my, my thoughts. So... Washington football team, they need a quarterback. So maybe if they're super desperate, maybe they'd give up two first-round picks. I don't think that they would. I don't think they'd give up two first-round picks, but maybe they would. Just say that they would. The other two teams, Jacksonville, Chicago, there's no way they're giving up two first-round picks. They just use first-round picks on quarterbacks, regardless if they're ready or not. You got Justin Fields and you got um, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah, I always forget his name. But yeah, those are first-round picks right there. They're not giving up two first-round picks to have them sit in front of those guys, have cars sit in front of them and and and, and learn. Yeah, first round picks now they got to be ready. You can get the one season where you can be bad, but Joe Burrow's even showed us that the teams they expect you to be good. So there would be no reason. To, oh, we'll bring in Derek Carr so you can learn. Under right. Him. No, you got to learn now. Right. And again, look, I'm not saying, and I don't. I want to make sure I put this out there because someone right now is gonna be like, "How the hell do we start talking about trading Derek Carr?" That was one of the one of the proposals that Hughes added again. I know exactly. No, that was one of the proposals that Peter Bukowski hit me with when he was talking about uh, the Devontae Adams trade. He was also talking about a trade for Aaron Rodgers. So I just want to put it in perspective how we even got to that conversation. I was not my suggestion. That was. Peter saying, hey, that the, the, the Packers would gladly take Carr, uh, but you'd have to give up two first-round picks. Uh, it, what the Raiders would have to give up would first-round picks and Derek Carr for Aaron Rodgers, and I said no dice. Real quick, PFF did put out a tweet. It was just a what-if because yeah, yeah, the yeah. Steelers need one, and in their what-if, right. the Steelers would offer the Raiders two first-round picks. That's what Pro Football said? Yeah. Okay. But they just said what-if. Yeah. No, no. That's Hey, and, and maybe they would. Maybe they would. I just I, – I don't think that, that they would. I don't think that that would be smart business, but you never know. You know, if a team again is needs a quarterback bad enough, then they would. I, I, I don't know. I hate to try to break it down and really go into deep detail. I don't think that. How do you put it? Without sounding disrespectful, I don't think Carr's a great fit in Pittsburgh. Let me put it like that. You telling me he couldn't match Stafford up? 
No, not, I just don't think Pittsburgh would be a good location for him. I just don't think so. That's that's just my gut feeling. I think that I think that if Carr's going to be anywhere, he would prefer to be a, a West Coast quarterback. Just again, just my gut feeling, but that's just me. Three twenty nine is the time. When we come back, thank you ABA Ivan Davis, thank you Raider X for those calls. We'll have more time for open lines and also some uh, some text off the Salmon Ash text line at the after Cover Three. But coming up next, we do have NFL news and notes of the day. Cover Three is what we call it. This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Got a lot of great feedback, man. Twitter, Sam and Ash text line, of course the phone line, Fast and Furious. We're going to have time to, to hit all that up before the show is over. Right now, though, want to jump into some NFL news and notes of the day. We like to call it Cover 3. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Talked a lot about the franchise tag today, as it means with Devontae Adams and how the Green Bay Packers, I do expect, are going to hit him with that franchise tag. The window opened up today, February 22nd, and it closes on March 8th. So teams have to decide right now if they're going to franchise tag their guy. And there's multiple tags. They can hit him with the non-exclusive franchise tag, and that is when most refer to just the franchise tag. Uh, they're talking about the non-exclusive. It's a one-year tender of the average of the top five salaries at the player's position over the last five years or 120% of his previous salary, which is even greater. The player can negotiate with other teams. The player's current team has the right to match any offer or receive two first-round draft picks as a compensation if he signs with another club. So if Green Bay hits the Raider, or hit, hits Devontae Adams with a franchise tag and the Raiders decide to make that move for him, by the letter of the law, the Packers should receive two first-round draft picks as compensation if he signs with them, but that rarely happens. They usually kind of negotiate their way out of it. So it would be at least one first-round pick. I don't think it'll be two. And it, and it shouldn't be two. I mean, I mean, it's, a reason, it's called a franchise tag for a reason. I mean, it's been put in place for a reason. I don't like the franchise tag. Players don't like the franchise tag because it really puts them in a, in a bad position, but it's, it, it is what it is. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of a player, maybe Kirk Cousins. That's the only player that I can think like franchise tag, franchise tag, and it actually worked out for him. Oh, it worked out great for him. That he eventually got the big contract. Yeah, no, it worked out fantastic for him. He is the master. He is the master of the, the franchise tag and the salary cap. There's not, but nobody in the league that did it better. He's like, hell, I'll do it. Franchise me, franchise me, and go sign me to a three-year fully guaranteed deal. And then, oh, by the way, extend me with another three-year deal fully fully guaranteed. That dude's made more guaranteed money than guaranteed money has known what. You know what I mean? Like, that's incredible. And I'll do it all while being average at best. At best. <laughs> at best. You're welcome. Kirk Cousins is in Minnesota, so he don't catch a lot of strays. <laughs> I hit Matt Stafford with a lot of strays, right? Kirk Cousins ain't really nothing to write home about. I don't think there's too many teams that are pounding the table for Kirk Cousins. Now, I know a lot of people hit me up during the commercial break talking about all the different teams that would trade two first-round picks for Derek Carr. We'll get to that conversation. But Kirk Cousins sure ain't one to write home about. So, as it pertains to the franchise tag, if you were looking at a Devontae Adams, just say, and they hit him with the franchise tag, that's going to be $20.1 million for him that he's guaranteed when he signs it. Now, he's not guaranteed it until he signs it. He has to sign it. But if he signs it, it's $20.1 million he's guaranteed for one year. A guy like J.C. Jackson, one of my favorites, $17.3 million. Lockdown corner, a guy that can make the ball go the other way. <laughs> that's, that's really all that matters. Uh, how about offensive linemen like Orlando Brown, $16.5 million. Tight ends, 
Mike Jacecki out of Miami, eleven million. Dalton Schultz, Dallas, eleven million. Jesse Bates, a safety out of Cincinnati, thirteen million. Uh, we've had people hit us up about Marcus Williams, the safety out of New Orleans, thirteen million. Uh, your boy in Tennessee, Harold Landry, linebacker, eighteen point seven mil if they franchise him. Woo! I don't know that, that that's, a a, lot that's, of coin. that's a pretty penny right there. It's a lot of coin. Carl, uh, cornerback Carlton Davis. Tampa Bay, $17.3 million. So those are just what the franchise tags would be if they're applied applied, and what, what the guarantee is immediately. You also have the transition tag. That's a one-year tender offer for the average of the top 10 salaries at the position as opposed to the top five for the franchise tag. It guarantees the original club the right of first refusal to match any offer the player might receive from another club. The tagging team is awarded no compensation if it chooses not to match the deal. So I give you the transition tag. Another radio station says, hey, I want to take DeMond. And if I don't give them the same deal that you, you know, that, that they're trying to give you, I lose you to them and I don't get no compensation. That's a better deal. That works out better. I mean, for the players at least, that's a better deal. It just doesn't work out very well for the team. Yes. Because you don't get anything in return, but you get the first right to refusal. So it's like, hey, I know this, this radio station wants DeMond. I want to keep him, so no, you can't have him. I'll, and really, I'll match with that, with the team, well, that's telling the team and the player how bad do you really want him? Then, right? Exactly, exactly. And the exclusive franchise tag, and I don't think this is used very often. I want to say the Raiders used it on Namdi. I think that he was the guy that got the exclusive non, uh, non, non the exclusive franchise tag. Excuse me. Uh, and unlike unlike the non-exclusive version, the tagging remains uh, retains the sole right to negotiate with the player. So you can't negotiate with any other team. If I hit you with the exclusive franchise tag. You ain't going nowhere. Like, it's locked and loaded. There's no team that's trading for you. There's no team that's doing anything. There ain't no conversation between anybody else but me <laughs> and you. That's it. <laughs> that is it. It's a one-year deal. Offer of the average of the top five salaries at the player's position for the current year or 120% of his previous salary, whichever is greater. The rise in pay scale means only a select few get this tag. Usually players from whom other teams would gladly give up two first-round picks receive this version of the tag. Generally, it applies to quarterbacks. But like I said, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the Raiders hit Namdi Asamoah with the, the exclusive uh, franchise tag back in the day. And then they gave him a contract extension. And I think that he had a void in his contract if he didn't get any interceptions. Or he got, he got less interceptions than he did the year before. And the year before, he only had one. And he got zero that year. So that's how he became a free agent. And he ended up in Philadelphia. And his career went to crap. It was terrible. Dream team. I mean, die. <laughs> You want to talk about a guy who went from the penthouse to the outhouse. This dude was sitting on top of the mountain. All of a sudden, he went to Philadelphia, and they put him in some zone coverage, put him at, like, quarters cover. I, I'm telling you, dog, because I, I used to have a guest on my show that was a Philadelphia fan, and he was, man, he was so excited. He was like, Q, Q, uh, Namdi's coming to Philly. And I said, yeah, I know. He's a great DB. And then also they put him in, in, in zone coverage. And I was like, what are, you, what are you doing? Like, that's a man-to-man. Did you see what he did in Oakland his whole career? That's a man-to-man guy. You line him up, you let him get physical at the line of scrimmage, and you let him go to work. And they tried to put him in that zone coverage. It just didn't work. Was out of the league in three years. Yep. Hey, but he's still winning. He's married to Kerry Washington. Exactly. Out here doing, <laughs> baby, put me in a couple movies. Hey, no, he's yeah. doing Broadway. Yeah. Like, he's doing it big. I watched that movie that he was on Broadway, too. It, it kind of had a lot of singing in it, but it was good. It was a good movie. I forget the name of it now, so it wasn't that memorable, I guess, but it was good. So anyway, that's the, the nominee. Shout out to nominee, man. Out here winning. Hey, people catch strays on winning this show. Winning in the game of life, though. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Shout out to him and Kerry Washington. Uh, how about this? How about Jarvis Landry? He wants to stay in Cleveland, we think. 
<laughs> we think he wants to stay in Cleveland. He posted a series of tweets on Tuesday morning. It's funny that this is how players let you know that they're disgruntled or they're upset with their current situation is a tweet about it. Well, let me get let me get that way one day. This radio station, I want to stay at the radio station. <laughs> the ball's in your court. Yeah, Lotus Broadcasting, the ball's in your court. They'd be like, all right, thank you. Anyway, he put out a tweet that said, I put the ball in Cleveland's court by telling them I'd like to stay. But if not, then I'm confident enough in myself to be a better, healthy me this year and moving forward to helping do my part in winning a championship elsewhere. He had an injury-plagued season in 2021, put up a career-worst numbers, 570 yards, 52 catches, two touchdowns in 12 games. And he said, before this year, I missed zero games. So you can push y'all narrative. It's noted. Woo! It's been noted, DeMond. Noted. It's serious when it's been noted. Do you think that if Odell was still there that he would release these tweets? You know, I think he sees that the grass is greener. Best friend, the homeboy, he's just like, man, Odell got out of here and look what happened. Right. He didn't win a championship. No, that's a good point. Why am I still here in Cleveland? That's a good point. I didn't think about it like that. But no, that's 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 a good point. He's uh, he's clearly a little bit frustrated. So we'll... Uh, I'd be frustrated too if Baker was my quarterback. Oh, man. See how you are. There you are. Another guy catching a stray on the show. Man, if we lined up, if we had a hit list for everyone who caught a stray just today alone... It'd be like the scene from everybody get cracking their knuckles, getting right, ready, right, want right. a piece of it. When they say, F you, F you, F you, you're cool, F you. <laughs> I had to do that carefully, too, so I didn't slip. I didn't want to act like I was in the barbershop. All right, how about this? Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, he's ready to start again. You want to talk about teams desperate for a quarterback. Mitchell Trubisky, the bust that was in Chicago, spent all of 2021 as Josh Allen's backup in Buffalo, which I'm sure nobody knew except for Buffalo Bills fans because they were hoping he never had to get off the bench. He says he is confident, and he's in a confident space right now. He is ready to be a starter again. He signed a one-year, $2.5 million contract in Buffalo last season. You want to talk about winning. I know that's not huge money for the NFL, but think about what Mitchell Trubisky did. He went to practice. He was prepared, and he was ready, and he made $2.5 million as Josh Allen's backup last year. Go get him, Josh. And now he has a chance to say, I'm ready, I'm in a good, confident space, I'm ready to be a starting quarterback. And some team will probably be silly enough to say, mm, he was a former first-round pick. 29-21 and 21 as a starter. Because of him? Hey, hey, hey man, you hey. are what your record says you are. Wow, he was on those teams, starting, <laughs> winning record as, hey, he can do the agent, do some agenting. When Mitchell Trubisky is your starting quarterback, <laughs> you'll have a winning record. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Anyway, uh, he was the number two overall pick from Chicago. Uh, obviously struggled in Chicago, played very skittish, but he sat behind Josh Allen last year, and apparently he's learned. So look out for Mitchell Trubisky. He may be somebody's starting quarterback in 2022, which to me is kind of silly. Uh, today, the Chiefs released Anthony Hitchens. He had signed a free agent contract with KC back in 2018. His release saves the Chiefs about $8.4 million in cap space. And uh, according to Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, the release of Hitchens was expected mostly because of money saved. He's a great leader, did a really solid job grooming KC's young linebackers. Nick Bolton, the rookie, didn't have the solid rookie season he did, leading the team in tackles without Hitchens' guidance. So uh, big big ups to uh, Anthony Hitchens, and he's getting a lot of respect around the league, and most expect him to end up back in Dallas uh, as a linebacker with the Cowboys, where he came from originally. So those are the notes I have. The notes I have around the league. I did want to hit you with a couple Raider notes real quick as we wrap this up. 
over the weekend, it was announced that the Raiders are expected to hire Kennedy Palomalu as their running backs coach. He uh, spent the last five seasons in Minnesota where he's well-regarded. I know Vinny, uh, he put out a piece on uh, on the Review Journal, Vegas Sports Nation, about uh, about Palomalu. So he'll have that coming up after 4 o'clock. But yes, he is the uncle of Troy Palomalu, which is what the, like everyone wanted to know immediately. Uh, he's been around... Uh, football for a very long time. I think going back all the way to 94 where he spent a lot of time in college, but he's a well-respected coach across the league. So Kennedy Palomalu is a guy that the Raiders are expected to sign or to hire as a running back coach. That has not been officially announced yet, but at some point it will. So it was announced over the weekend that Sean Herrick is uh, joining the Raiders as a personnel advisor. He was a former Raiders exec. He's back to do pro and college scouting under GM Dave Ziegler, and he is the son of Ken Herrick, who was the guy who led the charge in helping find Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and kind of helped that that you know that uh that committee find those guys. And that was someone that uh that Mark Davis mentioned multiple times in the press conference when he announced Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels as the head coach and the GM of the Raiders. So there you go. Those are the news and notes. And then of course a couple of little Raider nuggets. And um Wednesday, not this Wednesday, the, the for the for the combine next week on Wednesday at 115, Josh McDaniels is supposed to speak to the media on podium three. So there you go. So get ready, one fifteen. So we'll probably have that live here on Radio Nation Radio. Well, I hope you're there. Nah, I probably won't be there. Oh. <laughs> I probably won't be there because Clay's on vacation next week, so we got a lot of moving and shaking that we got to do. So uh, I most likely will be here doing double duty, but we'll figure that out uh, at another time. 3.46 is the time. We'll come back. We'll close out the show. We'll get your calls. We'll take your texts. We'll do it all as we close out the show here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. You know, before we wrap up this show, I got to sound off real quick. And I know we got a couple calls and texts that we got to get to. And we will, no doubt. I got to sound off real quick on something I'm pretty angry about. And I say angry very loosely. I'm not really angry, but I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little offended. Speak your mind. I am. I am. I am a little offended. I don't get offended easily. But I kind of got offended today. NFL memes is out there right now. And it says, damn, rings since 1985. Jennifer Lopez, five. The Raiders, zero. And I know someone right now is going to be like, oh, man, that's cold. Why they do the Raiders like that? But to me, to me personally, I'm like, damn, why y'all doing J-Lo like that? What did J-Lo do to you? Why you got to put her involved in it? Why you got to bring her personal life? Five rings? Look, it wasn't her fault. She just misunderstood. A-Rap on with the bag. Yo, he definitely did. <laughs> I knew when he had beef with Jose Caseco, it was going to end bad. <laughs> Shout out to Jose Caseco who's here in Vegas somewhere. He's got this car wash around the corner. Yep, sure does. I know. I know. My best friend growing up, Erica, was a big Jose Caseco fan, so I sent a picture of the car wash. Side story. Why y'all going to do J-Lo like that? I mean, the Raiders, they'll find a way to get their rings. I ain't worried about that, all right? But damn it, why y'all got to do J-Lo like that? I'll tell you what, if she don't want to have another ring, there's a bruh she can call. She can do it one more time. Don't go there. No, I will go there. Hell, everyone knows. She can do it one more time, and it'll be the last time. She won't have no problems. I'll stay in my lane. (laughs) I'll stay in my lane. You know what? You know what's so funny? She's got the new movie out. And then, like, in the movie, she's on stage and is just like, oh, I just got cheated on. Right. I'm just going to marry anybody. And she just picks a guy out the crowd. Yeah. That's, like, your dream scenario? Pretty much. She's just like, you know what? You Q know what's Myers, funny? You know what's get funny? up here. And you're like, mm, boy. Hey, man. She wouldn't even have to say my name. She could just look in my direction. I'd run up there. 
It's funny because the wife, uh, she actually suggested over the weekend we go watch that movie. And I was like, it actually looks kind of lame because it Very. does. It does. I, I'm a big Enough fan. That's my movie. That's my J-Lo movie, Enough. Well, I'd have been there to defend her like there ain't no tomorrow. I did watch, I did go watch, and this is very, sounds very perverted of me. I went, <laughs> I did go watch the, what, the boy next door because I heard that there was a scene that I wanted to see. Like, seriously. Uh-huh. And, and it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it never, it never happened. So did you stay through for the whole movie? Yeah, I stayed because I was waiting to see it. In theater, huh? In theater. The boy next door. Yeah. I went on the night it came out. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I ain't no movie guy. You got J-Lo season tickets. Hey, over there. man. There. I'll tell you. <laughs> hey, I'll stop down and watch Selena all day long. Waiting for tonight's your jam, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for tonight. <laughs> tonight ain't never came when it comes with me and J-Lo. That's why I had to settle for Eva LaRue. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? The wife never gets offended when I talk about J-Lo because she knows that that's unachievable. But she kind of doesn't like Eva LaRue when I talk about her. I think she thinks there's a chance there. And this is um, from CSI, right? Yeah, CSI Miami. She's a bootleg J-Lo. Look her up. She's fine, too. But she's not, she's not J-Lo. Like, I'd kick her out the house immediately if J-Lo was there. <laughs> <laughs> it's one or the other cute. Bye, Eva. <laughs> the bags are packed. Yeah, they've been packed. What did, what did Beyonce say? To the left, to the left. <laughs> Everything you bought and I bought to the left. Just get on out. J-Lo rolling in. All right, let me get this under control real quick. Let's go out to the phone line to close this thing out. Raider Dave, you're up next. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Well, J-Lo don't matter when Haley Berry's still around. Oh, well, she's crazy, though. She got no, her own well, problems. She, I'll she take that crazy. Rings. She got less rings, though. <laughs> Damn, man. <laughs> anyway, um, if the Raiders were going to franchise tag somebody, and I think you were right about Namdi, and they did Janikowski, I think, too, would it make sense for Max Crosby? I mean, he's probably close to top five. Or Waller. I know it wouldn't make sense for Carr because three other great quarterbacks would have to retire this year for him to get in the top five. But There you go. There you go. Well, I'll say this. I mean, Crosby has one more year left on his deal, and then so does Waller. I believe Waller has a couple years left, so I don't think they'd, they wouldn't have to franchise him immediately. Gotcha. All right. Well, keep it up with the trade, uh, you know, possibilities. I thought that was a really good uh, subject, and it would be interesting to hear. Uh, more around the league, you know, the prognosticators to see what they say, especially some of the ones that really like Carr and some of the other ones that don't like him. So just keep that going. Right. Will do. Hey, thank you for the call, Raider Dave. We do appreciate your good stuff. Uh, how about a text real quick from Big Dub Raider? Q&D, in response to the caller saying the Packers can take the contracts of the Raiders for Adams, the NFL is in the NBA where they match contracts. Also, the Packers are in cap hell, so they won't take bad contracts while they're in cap hell. Go Raiders. And then uh, Fargo Raider hit us up. Q and Demon, Washington football team would give up a first and a second for Carr. Indy gives a first and a third for Carr. Nola would give up a first and a second for Carr. Just win, baby. I, I guess. I guess. Not New Orleans. Not when famous Jameis coming I back think, off that ACL see, that's injury. What I think I think Jameis is going to be their guy. I do think they're their guy. Uh, we also got a text. Tampa Bay would give it two first rounders for Derek Carr. I, I look, I can see it, but I can't see it. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like I don't. I just don't. I don't feel like that they're willing to give up two two ones. I think it'd be one and something. I don't think it'd be two ones. But that, again, that's just me. That's just my. That's just my gut feeling. And depending on how close these teams are, like someone said, Detroit. Why would Detroit do it? They're not close. Why would Detroit do it? They're not close. Not at all. Like you said, it doesn't make sense. Even when ABA, Ivan Davis, Jacksonville, and Chicago. Yeah, those don't. Doesn't no, make sense. No, it's not going to happen. Uh, also, somebody hit us up with a text talking about untouchable. Say Colton Miller. Eh, I guess. Not untouchable. I feel like, right. I, like, I feel like the only untouchable right now 
on the roster is Max Crosby. And that might be a reach. And that's because, like, the deal he's on. Well, yeah, the deal he's on is fantastic, but he's got to get extended at some point. That's what I would think. But that's just me. Uh, 354 is the time. Before we wrap this up, let's go ahead and bring in uh, Vinny Bonsignor, who's coming up in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. He's going to be at the Combine next week, so he'll be able to really get a lot of uh, details on the action that's going on. So, uh, Vinny, you're hearing some of the conversation. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and you got to keep in mind, uh, Derek Carr is going to have something to say about where he goes to. Absolutely right. <laughs> Absolutely right. So when you talk about Detroit, nah, right. just take that off the list. And, and this is, I, I want you to know, as I told everyone else, this is not something I brought up, right. like, hey, I, I, I think that the Raiders should trade Carr here and that. Peter Bukowski uh, hit me with a trade proposal and was like, hey, if the Raiders were to get Aaron Rodgers, what it would take to, in return would be Carr plus a 2022 first-round pick and a 2023, and I said that was too rich. Right. Um, I think you're going to be able to get – you might be able to get two first-round picks. Okay. Um, that was what the talk was last year. I remember that, yeah. And, you know, I, I, talking to a general manager who walked me through it said, but the Raiders can't do that unless they have a plan in place to then take those two first-round picks and maybe their next two first-round picks and go get Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers or, or, someone, or whoever yeah, it might right. be. Gotcha. Um, but, but yeah, it's it's got to be, for the, for, for the Raiders, there has to be a plan in place to also replace him. You can't just trade Derek Carr and then on a hope. Because then you're all, you're in the same situation that right. Washington's in, yes. Kevin Bay's in, yes. and everybody else. So. Right, exactly. So, again, don't want to make it sound like I'm trying to trade Derek Carr. It's just that was the scenario that was thrown my way. Uh, real quick, because we only got about 30 seconds. Uh, Devontae Adams, I think he's going to get franchise tag uh, by Green Bay. What would you give up if you're the Raiders, or would you go after him at all? I was using the Stephon Diggs uh, trade proposal, but okay. I've been told by two people it'll be more than that, and then another person who said it'll be less than that. So okay. I, I'm thinking Would you a make first, that move if you're the Raiders? A first and a third okay. this year. A first this year and a third next year. Heck yes. Okay. Definitely. Nice. I like it. Well, Vinny Bonsignor is coming up next, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. He's got a lot for you. Please believe that. Going to break down some of the, the coaching moves that have been made by the Raiders and a lot more. That's coming up in the huddle right here on Radio Nation Radio 920.